unfortunately the numbers keep on going up just because um, we're just fatigued. We are fatigued all around, whether it's caregiver fatigue, which is very true, um, or just in general, like the whole state's fatigue because we've been under these rules for almost nine months now. Oh man, listen, listen, I just, I, I saw this video a couple weeks ago now, and Black Friday, I want to say it was 2011, was the night the legend of Ben Hall was truly cemented. It's one of those love-hate relationships, but I love to deadlift now. And, uh, it, listen, it's the, it's the one exercise that I, I think it's the toughest one out of the three main lifts. Because, especially if you control it on the way down. Like, I, I see a lot of people just pick the weight up and then they just toss it back down. And I'm like, alright, fine. If it's really heavy, okay. But if you're doing it at your warm-up weight and you're just dropping it, you're not doing yourself any credit. Plus, that eccentric motion, you're, you're losing out on all that. It all started with, I've always looked up to my brother. Um, my brother is 18 and a half years older than me. So I was born and then he graduated high school. Three weeks. Uh, he started working as an EMT and uh, riding fire trucks in, I want to say 2000, 2001 maybe. And I kind of always looked up to him for that but then in 2002 uh september 13th 2002 which yes friday the 13th i found out that my father had had a major stroke um, This is Ben Hall, registered nurse, EMT, firefighter, and you are listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. Welcome back to the Iron Dread Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Chris Whitaker. Uh, we're here after a short hiatus here, folks. Uh, it was not my intention to have the last two weeks off here from the podcast, Um we had some computer issues. Um, my uh, my computer that I was using became uh, outdated, and my editing software of GarageBand would no longer work, so I could not edit and produce the show to get it out there to you, our listening audience. Thankfully, uh, our tech department uh, took care of me and got me set up and got my stuff uh, working. Uh, so shout out to Rick Munir and Ryan Spencer from the tech department who uh, got me uh, got me set up with uh, a new machine over break. So now I can bring you your favorite Iron Dread podcast. So this one was scheduled for the week of Christmas 2020. This one is with registered nurse, EMT, firefighter, volunteer, all-around good guy, Mr. Ben Hall. 
You've heard from Ben Hall before on our Iron Dread King of the Ring podcast. Uh, he is the brother of Matt Hall, former guest on the show. Uh, Ben's a good guy, has a good story of you know kind of working hard to figure out and get to the places that he's trying to get in life. Uh, if any of you are aspiring to be in the medical profession or are in the medical profession, Ben's story will be of interest to you. Uh, we have some fun talking with Ben, and we'll get to him shortly. Before we get there, I want to remind everybody to follow us on social media at Iron Dread Pod. Uh, give us a, a follow there, and of course, to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform: uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You know the deal. Where you can find this show and subscribe to it. So every week. Uh, when a new episode drops, you can, uh, you can get the shows automatically downloaded and be able to listen to them. Got a big episode coming up next week with a very special guest that I will announce at the end of this episode. So, without much further ado, folks, I give you episode number 51 of your Iron Dread podcast with the legendary... Benjamin Paul. Here we are. We're back live to record from the Sanctorium of Strength. This is your Iron Dread podcast. I'm your host, as always, Chris Whitaker. I'm sitting here chatting with our special guest this week. He's returning to the podcast to do his own show. He was a guest in the past on a combination show. Uh, this man is the most hated heel in all of professional wrestling. This man, besides that, is a professional in his field. He is a nurse. He's working on the front lines fighting against COVID-19. He is a emergency responder. And contrary to what our pro wrestling rivalry may say, he is an all-around good guy. This is Mr. Benjamin Hall, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, Ben Hall, the only guest to ever get a, not only a great intro like that, but his own theme music. Welcome to the podcast. Chris, thank you very much for inviting me to uh, talk on the podcast. I'm just upset that it took so long, but that's because my people were trying to call your people, and your people were never return, returning the phone calls. Um, that's the first lie Ben Hall has told on this episode. There'll be more. There'll be more, folks. Uh, ben and I, uh, we go way back. We've been friends forever. Um, and I wanted to have him on, kind of tell his story, talk a little bit about uh, what he's got going on, because this man, is uh, he's been hustling to accomplish his goals in emergency services and medical uh, care for people, um, sharing that. And plus, you know, Ben Hall is always, always uh, down to have a good time. And of course, Ben, being the week of Christmas, right, we're, we're probably we'll have to bust into talking about some uh, Christmas carols because you are a vocalist. Oh, absolutely! My favorite time of the year. 
<laughs> so let's get this uh let's get this show started with how we always do it ben uh kind of just give the uh cliff notes version of your life where did you grow up where'd you go to school uh and where you where do you work now what are you doing give the give the cliff notes version of, of your other uh story so I went to Kingston High School, uh, born and raised in Kingston, only a mile away from the high school. I uh, haven't really moved out much. Uh, I People like to make fun of me for being a professional student, but that's because it took me ten and a half years and four degrees later finally to settle down and not want to go back to school yet. Um, just went the old community college route, went to Ulster for two years, got my basic associates, then went to the great college at Brockport. I got a bachelor's degree there in uh, healthcare administration. I came back home, started working. Um, then I got my master's in healthcare administration. And unfortunately, once I was done getting the master's, things had kind of turned the other way and uh, organizations wanted more of the hands-on experience instead of the degree so that's what made me go back for nursing and i went to the university of rochester and accomplished that got my bachelor's in nursing in less than a year actually uh i just geez december 18th 2019 was whenever i graduated so just over a year i've been done with nursing school um and I've worked at uh, Kingston Hospital, which is the local hospital here in uh, Ulster County for on again, off again, almost 11 years. And uh, just kind of like grew up in it, started in, started as a central registration representative, just taking uh, patients' basic insurance info. Then I became a tech in the ER and now I'm a nurse all for the same hospital. Um, and I became an EMT as well over a decade ago now. And I've been working as an EMT, but I also volunteer as an EMT with the town of Esopus ambulance, as well as the ulcer hose firehouse, which I am also a firefighter and I'm on their dive team as a tender as well so just keeping myself very busy and then of course i try to do some stuff in the community with uh kids uh, especially with the kiwanis club of kingston which i've been a member of since august 2019 and at the august 2009 thank you and i at the time i was the youngest individual to be voted into Kiwanis. So I do, I do have that going for me. Yeah. I mean, you, you've done a, you know, a ton of stuff and continue to do a ton of stuff. That's why I think you'd be interesting guests on the podcast. Cause even though you're, you know, a young guy, you know, you're younger, younger than me, you got a, a lot of, a lot of experiences and a lot of, uh, a lot of hard work and hustling and service to your community in many different aspects. You know, we had your brother, Matt on, a few episodes ago and you know we talked with him a lot about what Kiwanis is and what what Kiwanis does and and I know you both have been actively involved in that for many years we talked a lot about Esopus Ambulance so a lot of a lot of the things that uh, we talked about with Matt Hall Ben Hall is involved as well even though Matt Hall is my favorite Hall brother um 
So Ben's hustled and we'll talk more about his, some of his uh, experiences, you know, in the hospital and, and, you know, fighting on the front lines, but of uh, this pandemic that we got going on here. Um, but, you know, when, when you wanted to find, uh, you know, the, you said it, right. The job market that you're in, they're looking for infield experience and you are building an absolute, uh, experience laden resume to get that job. What is, what's the ultimate position? What's your goal job that you're looking to uh, achieve out of uh, all this, these experiences? Uh, to be honest with you, right now, it's uh, still still up in the air. Um, whenever I first was going back for nursing, I was like, I'm going to go get my uh, master's in nursing and then my, my doctorate in nursing. But um, both um, but going that route, I could either do the practitioner route where I still see patients, or I could do education, or I can do management. And at this time, I'm kind of just going with the flow because with what we're going on, with what's going on right now with COVID, there's so many different layers that I don't want to start anything yet. And plus, like so many people have said, take a step back finally. And just smell the roses and just start learning how to be a professional in the field right now. And that's what I'm doing. That's all I'm, that's all I'm really doing at this moment. But I, can I see myself as a nurse manager at some point? Yes. Can I see myself as a nurse practitioner uh, seeing patients in a clinic? Yes. Can I see myself being a nurse practitioner and teaching the next generation? Yes. So right now it's the whole open field for me. And I've had experience, I've had great experiences in all three so far in my very young career, just between school and just where I work now. So. Absolutely. A ton of, ton of experiences. And, and I, and I agree with that. Like, you know, you've, you've done a lot of work to get to where you are you know, take the time to do the, do the, the work in the current position. And that kind of helps shape you the next step, right? Like you, you kind of get a good idea of what everything is. You know, I, I can compare it to my experience in coaching, you know, before I kind of knew where I wanted to be, you know, as you know, I went different places. I did different things. I did pretty much every job that you had to do surrounding coaching and teaching you know, all the way to driving a school bus and doing laundry and all kinds of stuff. And that's kind of helped mold. And this is what happens with everyone. I think it helps mold you into your ultimate goal. If you would have told me 10 years ago, I would be in Dexter, Michigan and being a strength and conditioning coach. I, I would have looked at you funny because that was not kind of where I wanted to go. My experiences have shaped uh, the path that I've taken in life and I'm very happy with it. And, and you're, you know, you're on that path right now where your experiences are, are kind of taking you where you're looking to go. So uh, tell us, you know, obviously, you know, medical things, you got to keep some things, you know, confidential, but what's, what's the state of the state of the fight with the virus in, in Kingston from your eyes and in Ulster County? Um, unfortunately, the numbers keep on going up just because um, we're just fatigued. We are fatigued all around, whether it's, caregiver fatigue which is very true um or just 
in general, like the whole state's fatigued because we've been under these rules for almost nine months now. Granted, they were, they were, how should I say this? We're now at like some sort of level that I have no idea because the governor keeps on changing what level we're in and what constitute and what goes into each level. But I think, unfortunately, we're going back to that state of um being in lockdown just because people can't seem to understand that you you got to be smart if you're feeling symptomatic stay home no no matter what but the biggest issue though is that now there's so many asymptomatic uh patients out there that they don't know that they have it until they give it to someone else and through contact tracing that's whenever they figure out that um that's whenever they figure out that uh someone's been in close close contact with the virus they've been exposed to the virus yep yeah for for example like there's a couple restaurants downtown kingston that were shut down late november early december because um of two people or a couple workers having it at one restaurant and then just between patrons and uh, workers at other restaurants commingling and stuff like that, it kind of spread throughout. Mm-hmm. So now, unfortunately, we're starting to see those numbers rise. And with Thanksgiving and Christmas, like it, it's, it's very hard. And I, I'm for it and I'm against it because you never know when will be the last time you see somebody. So I do understand why people want to have their gatherings and stuff like that, but they got to be smart about them. If you are going to be indoors and you're going to be around people that you're not usually around, wear a mask. I know how silly it sounds. Trust me. I'm right there, right there with you. But unfortunately, having two parents or having both my parents who are immunocompromised, some to a certain extent, being older and having some comorbidities, I don't want to bring home the the virus to them. So I, I've kind of like said no to going out and stuff like that, just because I know there's no way of truly making sure that I'm not going to be exposed. Yes. Like you mentioned before, I do work at Kingston. I do work on the front lines. I do work at work in what is considered the COVID unit at Kingston. So every single time I'm at the hospital, I'm taking all the necessary precautions with this. And once I come home, it might sound funny and stuff like that, but I still almost strip down outside and I throw my, what I wear to work in one place and in one hamper that's covered up just so I'm not spreading it to my parents and stuff so yeah just taking those extra precautions and you know and i don't blame you and i don't blame people people at all for you know being being concerned and and being there and being extra careful i mean it's we we kind of we kind of have no choice but to do it none of us really like it you know i mean we're we're out here we're locked down again we can't go to a restaurant you know schools are all 100 percent virtual and we can't get in the weight room with our kids and do all that kind of stuff that we normally would do. 
you know, but it, it's, it's one of those things like, yeah, it sucks, but you get it right. Like let, let's get it. Let's get through this. And uh, hopefully this news of the, of the vaccines and all that will start to kind of get it to where people are, are feeling safer again and, and getting all that stuff done. So, all right, Ben. So let, let's learn uh, before we kind of talk about, you know, your experiences and, you know, fire and EMS and, and stuff like that. Uh, let, let's throw in here our, our speed set questions. These are, um, you know, our 10 staple questions, usually about 10 questions, uh, give or take, that are supposed to be fast, but they always are just good conversation starters. So just get things going. Okay. Um, so the, the first one, and, and I know you're going to have some, some answer for this, uh, but the first one is right, out in Michigan, you got to be go blue or go green. What are you, Ben? <laughs> Since go red is an option. No, no. Scar 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 Scarlet and gray is not an option. Nope. Uh, uh, I guess I'm going to have to be go, go green. I'm not surprised. The Ohio, Ohio, the lesser, lesser of two evils there. The Ohio State Buckeye fan, Ben Hall, which, yes, I know, you might be saying to yourself, oh, Ben Hall lives in New York. What makes him like the Buckeyes? It's because he's a front runner, folks. He picks the teams that win. It has nothing to do with the fact that his parents or dad was born in the state of Ohio. Nothing to do with that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Here we go. And listen, Ohio State, getting back to uh, what I was talking about, whether I go the practitioner route or the education route, Ohio State does have a, uh, a program online that I could accomplish. So then at least I could say that I did go to Ohio State, which is something I promised my, my, dad's, my dad's mom that I would be graduating or at least taking some classes at Ohio State at some point be before she died. So just still trying to fulfill that goal right there. Uh, uh, the Buckeyes. Uh, we, we're moving on. Moving on. We can't talk. We're not going to talk about, we're not going to plug Ohio State anymore on this, on this podcast based out of Michigan. All right. Hey, they're, they're a good team though. I will say that. Even as a Michigan fan, they are a good team. All right. What's your favorite movie, Ben Hall? Oh, geez. I would have to go with this is a pretty long one, but um, The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers extended. Can't say that I've seen that one. Or Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. They're both close to four. One's over four hours long, and it's just magical. And to think that those movies were, those movies came out 17 years ago and they still, they still hold the, the test of time with like how well the cinematic world, like com compared to like what we see today, what they were able to do almost 20 years ago is incredible. Also got to throw in the, Dark Knight as well. That's another movie I've seen multiple times. So, the Lord of the Rings and Batman, uh, The Dark Knight. All right. I've never got into Lord of the Rings movies like Star Wars. Yes, Harry Potter. Yes, I know uh, Lord of the Rings. 
uh, I never. I tried to read the books once as a kid, but never, never got into them that much. Maybe when I'm locked down in my house, maybe I'll, you know, start to watch it. You should They're- absolutely just listen. Just take one day, watch the the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, the Fellowship, the Two Towers, the Return of the King. Runtime together, if you were to sit there and watch the credits, is about twelve hours. So. I don't think you're getting me to do all that, Ben Hall. I don't think you're getting me to do all that. How about uh, television? You got I know you're you're real busy, but you get a chance to catch any shows on TV. Uh, I, I gotta say, I think my all-time favorite—something I can always go, just click on, click open, and just start watching—is probably South Park. <laughs> South Park is definitely big for me. Um, another one that's definitely is come around on me again is uh saturday night live so yeah i, I enjoy both of those, those both both of, both of those are are good shows you get the get some good comedy out of both of them absolutely you do I, i'm mad that they've switched do you have the hbo max or whatever it is because now all the nope, south park I, episodes are there i'm thinking about it because between that get it, having to get hbo max and they're taking the office off of Netflix. Now I might have to get Peacock, which I can see. I, I can already see the writing on the wall that um, all these major news networks are going to start their own streaming service to where you have to pay for it now. Mm-hmm. And they're going to start pulling all their original content off of like Netflix and Hulu. But I think you're. I think we're still going to have both of those simply because there's they've produced so much original content or content above and beyond what um, what some networks had expected. So yeah, yeah, it is. There's a lot more uh, streaming platforms going out there. We have YouTube TV, and I really like that because I can take a show like South Park and set it up. Um, to record it and anytime south park is on it records it and if i already have that episode it won't record it again so you kind of over time you start to build a library of seasons and episodes and i've been doing it with the big bang theory i've been i've been watching that show and and uh and oh. getting, getting to watch it in episodic order because they've played them and i mean they play it out here on like two or three different channels mm. but you get it you get all the episodes, you know, without having uh, any extra subscription thing. So, uh, again, you're a real busy guy, uh, but you have a, a number one hobby that you throw out there. Well, if it's outside of like trying to better myself overall um, in the medical field, it's probably working out or playing sports, whether it's pickup football or playing softball with the guy, either the guys from the firehouse or some buddies I went to high school with just like the time outside you're you're never really going to get back yeah so, so getting getting out there being active playing softball uh and, and you know we used to spend a lot of time on that line dance floor too being oh. active oh man listen listen i just i i saw this video a couple weeks ago now and Black Friday, I want to say it was 2011, was the night 
the legend of Ben Hall was truly cemented. Oh, yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Go ahead and and tell the legend for our listeners. So, as I'm sure your guests have heard from multiple people, you are a line dance instructor now. But back about a decade ago, you were cutting it up on the dance floor with Andrew, my brother, just so many people. The that group was so awesome to be around. But I started off as the guy who was kind of bored on Friday nights. So I ended up being Ben Hall, the man with the minivan. And I would be the designated driver because I was under I was under 21. I didn't really care care about drinking whenever I was under 21. But I but I just wanted to do go out do something fun instead of just going to Walmart and people watch, which by the way is still very entertaining. <laughs> I, I just want to put that out there. <laughs> but the reason why the black that Black Friday it, it took about it took about three or four months for me to start dancing because I I had two left feet all throughout high school growing up. Don't ask me how I was pretty good in in sports whenever I had two left feet. I really don't know. But about a year, almost two years after the fact, after I started going out to Joe's with everyone, I had practiced enough on my not on my own, but on the normal dance floor to where every midnight on Friday night they would have the birthday dances. And I the the guys were up, that were up there always always nice to me, never really uh um ne- never really butted heads with me, but I just I looked I looked at them all and I was like you guys all look the same and you guys don't really give that real world mentality of what a man actually looks like. So I just I I and I know how much of a Dusty Rhodes fan you are. Oh yeah. The American dream, baby. Son of a plumber. Just like his enthusiasm and just going out there trying to entertain people. Well, that's what I did. One Black Friday. I remember it was somebody's birthday and they wanted me to dance along with them. So the the guys let me let me up on the stage with them. And I took my shirt off and it became a running joke as a sh- shirtless Fridays. But then it kind of I kind of Somehow the legend just kept kept on growing because fine because fine finally people with the bigger body built, I'm 6'2, 330 pounds. A lot of a lot of people don't realize how heavy I really am, but that I could move the way that I do. And I gave hope to all the other guys in in the bar that night. And every single time I did it, that just be yourself and just don't worry about what other people think. Cause that's honestly growing up. I did way too much of that and I didn't do as much as I, I kind of look back now and I kind of wish I had done more, but maybe at that time, that's what, that's what needed to happen just so I would have this driving force. And 
the DJ announced my name right at the end, and the place just erupted. And it was just one of those like special moments to where you you just start you feed you feed off the energy, and that's something I do a lot. Like sometimes I can bring all the energy I need, and I don't need to feed off of it. But you can always bring your own. But whenever you whenever you can start to feel it, and people are digging it. And like they're giving your energy right back to you, you can take it to a whole new level. And so that's what I, that's what I think I did that night. I think you would say probably two two hundred fifty people at least on a, on a Black Friday at Joe's back then, at least if not more. And and for those people that aren't familiar with what Ben's talking about, if you've never been out there, all right, as he said, at midnight they would do birthday dances where any ladies in the building that it was their birthday they would go up on the stage in the center of the of the venue and a, a bunch of gentlemen would get up there and do a dance to tim mcgraw's indian outlaw which involves a lot of you know it, it's not an easy dance to do right you're you're dropping down on the floor you're you're flipping over doing push-ups you're standing back up you're down you're up you're all around and a lot of times again this is a family show so we'll try to keep it as disney as possible here um at one point all the gentlemen take their shirt off and dance and i was there that night <coughs> excuse me that ben hall did that for the first time and yes ben hall was in fact the star of the show um anyone else on that stage with him could should have just you know stepped out of the way and let him let my man go because uh everybody was cheering for ben and as as you said you were you were you were the the normal dude that just got up there and was confident in himself to get up there and do it and uh you know that that's something that i can't say i've ever done and a lot of our group has never never done that but you were you were confident enough to get up there and get after it and people celebrated you for it so it was uh it's always fun i miss those days man i miss cutting it up oh dude me too especially Right before we went into true lockdown in March, that last Friday, I I had a chance to go out, and it was like my first Friday back that I could have went out. And I was like, you want to know something? I'm, I set it up all to go the following week, and then that Tuesday, the hammer drops, we're on lockdown, essential services only, and I'm like, great. Now I got to wait until the summer, and then the summer comes. Now I got to wait until the fall. Now I gotta wait until winter. Now I'm just uh to be honest with you, I need to just start doing the dances in my house because a lot of people ask are always coming up to me and they're like, hey, please, please, can can you help me out with this dance or can you teach me this dance? And I'll be very honest with everyone, I am probably not the best teacher. <laughs> but what I can do, I can slow it down and you can watch me do it. And that's something that I think. I've always been good at like haven't been able to can't use my words to teach all the time but if you follow what I do then you might be able to get it well because it's it's something one of those things when people get into line dancing like we learned a majority of those dances by ear by by ear and by feel right like you hear the sound of the music and you know that that's where you're supposed to be at that point 
right? And then sometimes you just fill in the blanks when you screw stuff up and just to be facing the right way and do all that. And that, that was one of the toughest things when you, when you try to teach someone else, putting it into words. And anytime you run into somebody that's a real dance person, and I'm sure you've had this happen, and you try to teach them your way, <laughs> they want all the step-by-step, -step, the counts and all the, hey, listen, we just know that we got to slide to the left, slide to the right, do a little spin thing, touch our heels, you know, whatever it is. All right. <laughs> and the words, the words don't always flow through, but it's, uh, it used to be a lot of fun. And, and I was talking with Matt about this. Um, I, I hope Joe's, Joe's, everybody at Joe's is doing well and all the dancers are doing well. And that, you know, when this is over, that Joe's opens back up again, man. Cause that's when I come home, that, that is a, a must do for me when I come back home is to go back and see all the people and get out out there on that dance floor with you and Andrew and your brother and all the, all the line dancers. Uh, Cause it really was a lot of fun to do that each and every week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every Friday night, you would know where to find us. Oh yeah. For, for years for years and when we had uh frank double d duke alexander on the podcast uh, a couple months ago now um and we we talked a lot about dancing and how he got into it and stuff and you know and i believe when it shut down wasn't he teaching there on friday nights i had not really been there that much just because uh being away in rochester and whenever i would come home like a lot of people that i would be able to see in a group setting wanted to do things on friday nights and they didn't really want to travel to New Paltz or go line dancing. So I kind of elected to go see the bigger group of people that I had had been kept in touch with instead of going line dancing, which, hey, welcome to the real world where you're going to have to make choices. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, so we'll move on. This next segment, I wish, was sponsored by Coke Zero Sugar. All the same Coca-Cola taste with no sugar and no calories. Notice I said I wish it was sponsored by, by Coke Zero. Not actually sponsored. So, Ben Hall, this question here is a staple of the speed set questions. It is often a heavily contested debate. This next question. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what we're going to ask Ben Hall. Chicken wings. How do you order them? What do you dip them in? Boneless nothing. Boneless wings. Huh? I, I can't believe I just even uttered those words. Buffalo style chicken tenders, you mean? Call them whatever you want. Call them mini nuggets. But... I don't like to dip them in anything. I'm not a big ranch fan, not a big blue cheese fan, but I'm one of the weird people that says you can hold the dressings, but you can give me more celery. And do you, do you get buffalo sauce on them or do you get any, um, what sauce do you get on your, your. Usually it's some sort of barbecue sauce, whether it's tangy, honey barbecue, Spicy. Um, one that's come into play in the past couple of years that I really like, uh, garlic parm. 
and it was actually an interesting uh, discovery I did last year up in Rochester. Uh, the one place we would go to after our kickball, I noticed I didn't realize that it was a uh, misprint in their men in their menu, but they had garlic parm and barbecue back to back, but there was no comma. So I thought it was some sort of like garlic parm barbecue sauce. Well, next thing I know, I ordered it and it tasted pretty damn good. <laughs> the mixture of the garlic parm and the barbecue. I mean, hey, <laughs> I try it. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not I don't object to like medium uh, hot. Uh, that's whenever we're starting to get into. I kind of don't want too much of an upset stomach. Mm-hmm. But except I think I'm in my immediate family. I'm the only one that actually likes spicy stuff. So like I love uh, using Frank's Frank's Red Hot whenever I do like chicken in the crock pot. Or I'll order jalapenos and stuff, stuff like that. I have no idea where I got that from. Yeah, it's uh, it, sometimes a little, a little heat's not a bad thing, in my opinion, too. Nope. All right. Uh, so you you mentioned that you like to train, and obviously the the this whole podcast kind of started as a a strength podcast, and then we wind up just talking about all kinds of stuff and anything positive uh, that we could bring to our listeners. Um, so you did mention that you do train and that you like to train, you know, when you are training, what's your, uh, what's your favorite thing to thing to train when you're in there, uh, banging and clanging on the weights and, and the glorious house of gains. You mean the iron paradise? Yeah. You're iron, iron paradise, the glorious house of gains. Shout out Robert Frank. What's your uh, favorite exercise? Oh man. Probably, it's one of those love-hate relationships, but I love to deadlift now. And, uh, it Listen, it's the, it's the one exercise that I, I think it's the toughest one out of the three main lifts. Because especially if you control it on the way down like i've i see a lot of people just pick the weight up and then they just toss it back down and i'm like all right fine if it's really heavy okay but if you're doing it at your warm-up weight and you're just dropping it you're not doing yourself any credit plus that eccentric motion you're you're losing out on all that so another story between you and i i will have to admit chris whitaker was the first man to try to train me in weightlifting at Planet Fitness. Uh, yeah. Yep. All, throughout, all throughout high school, whenever they would say, do you want to go to the weight room or do you want to play whatever activity is, activity is upstairs? I always chose the activity upstairs because I was, I was a big guy, but I couldn't lift because I was not able to play any sports really growing up because my mom was just fearful for me but then after high school i started to get into weights a little bit and chris was home chris needed a lifting partner 
So I went out or we would go out, go out to Planet Fitness. And uh, yeah, that's whatever we would always get yelled at about not slamming the weights. Fun fact, that lunk alarm is real. Fun fact, that lunk alarm still goes off because <laughs> someone set it off on me last year at Planet Fitness. Whenever that was the only gym around me that was open the hours I could go because of nursing school. Hmm. And I promptly canceled my membership the week of the shutdown. <laughs> good. No, good. Don't don't give that that place uh, any any money. Uh, yeah, for some people, it's 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 good, but obviously, for guys like us that want to lift weights and be strong, that's just not the target audience of you know yeah. customer base. I mean, we we I train remember there. whenever we were doing three quarter deadlifts, and we put multiple towels down and wrapped the weights so they wouldn't make that much noise. They would always just look over at us and just set it off. Yep. Yep. It's, uh, you know, just a, a pain. And I often tell the story about the time that we were, you know, I don't know if you were, if you were with me or if I was by myself one day in there when I, one of their trainers came up and confronted me uh, and said that I was making too much noise. Uh, that yes. was, that's when I was, that's when I was all done. And again, if somebody likes to train a Planet fitness, you train there because it was open 24 hours and could get you could get in there um you know whatever whatever people have to do to be active but for for guys like us that want to lift weights and and get strong it, it's just not the place not the place for us we'll continue with the iron dread podcast after a brief word from our sponsors hello this is trevor o'brien and i'm shannon sierra and we are your athletic trainers at dexter high school and, and you, you are, are listening, listening to, to the Iron Dread Podcast. Podcast. So to piggyback off that, now since you mentioned it, uh, going back to one of my favorite movies I could sit down and watch all the time is uh, Pain and Gain. <laughs> that is a uh, that's a very funny movie, and it's and it's all true. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of like the mindset that we have about working out and and becoming healthy is that we want to lift the weights we're not so much cardio guys which mm. still need some cardio absolutely but whenever you that's really your main focus that's not really us because we've always been bigger guys and i do wish i had always stayed with football um i tried it out for three weeks uh during summer football and i was gonna be the backup offensive lineman for the four positions outside of center and then just some between some personal things and me not liking the line at that time because I wanted to be a tight end or play defensive defensive tackle I decided to just up and quit and then fast forward to today I wish I had stayed uh, with with that because I would I would have loved to be an offensive lineman now. I mean, granted, it's one of the dirtiest jobs in football, but just knowing that your hard work is um, – you can't really see how your hard work's paying off if your quarterback's not getting the yardage or your running back's not getting the yardage. So if 
your offense isn't, isn't moving, you got to look at your offensive line first, first or foremost. Without a good offensive line, doesn't really matter what else, what else you have around. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's, it's one of those things, and I'm glad you brought it up. Like I tell kids all the time when they're like him and on about playing football and whatnot. There, there's never been a person, I think, that after their experience playing high school football, they say because of the game, right, because of the game of football itself um, and what it entails, I've never heard someone say, uh, I wish I didn't play football. Very rarely. Even those of us that got injuries, you know, surgeries and all kinds of different things from the game, you still, I've never had somebody say to me that they wish they didn't play football. Now, I've had many utter the same words as you just said, you know, say, oh, I wish I would have would have played. I wish I would have stuck it out. I wish I would have would done it. You know, it's it, it it's a, a game that it is only played for a very short window of time in our lives. And when we have the opportunity to play it, we play it. Um, you know, unless, unless, of course, you go play semi-pro. There, semi-pro. there is a semi-pro team there in, uh, in Hudson Valley mm-hmm. that uh, that's out there. All right. So we'll keep moving down the list here, Ben Hall. Um, what would you say? We talked about wings, but what would you say is your favorite food item? Oh, oh man. All right. I'm going to say, like, discount anything, like, homemade, like, something I can go out and order, and I know what to expect. Like, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be, like, the same thing no matter where I go. Um, probably prime rib. Oh, it is good. It is very good. It is good. You know, there might be some people having prime rib for Christmas dinner this week. Yep. I know it's being served. I know it's being served at my parents' house. Uh, <laughs> Christmas Christmas dinner is almost always prime rib. All right, Ben Hall. So the next one and uh, the last one, then we're going to talk a little bit about your experience at EMS and fire. Um, do you have a uh, favorite music genre that, that gets you fired up? It really all depends on how my mood is. Um, probably back in my Brockport days. Um, so here's another funny thing to go along with the Joe story is that whenever I started being the DD, I absolutely hated country music besides big and rich besides like the rock style country which at the time up until 2009 like yes i had i heard of other artists and stuff like that like you said my dad my dad grew up on a farm in ohio so he loved country music but uh i hated it but like i said i went out because i wanted to do something um and this is where like you growing up like i i always listen to rock and i always listen to rap and i always listen to pop but then after graduating high school uh country was a has become a big thing for me now and house music um electronic do i ever think i could go to an edm concert probably not because that like just seeing those like it's not something i think i could get into 
but the actual music itself um any single and there's multiple different genres of house music too which a lot of people don't realize um and actually while while i'm working at the hospital or whenever i'm working um other places um if i need like a good music that i i can just put on and just listen to it's always house music because i don't have to worry about the words i don't have to worry about other people coming in and saying hey that's inappropriate so um it really all depends all depends on my mood and what i'm trying to like get myself amped up for or wind myself down so no one favorite anymore okay so you're a big fan of of house music rock style country i know you're a hip-hop fan as well uh we have a a segment on the show and a, a tradition on the show that every time we have a guest on they get to pick a song to go on our uh, iron dread podcast weight room song of the week playlist so ben hall for you on this episode your episode of the show that you have waited waited a long time for it to be just ben hall what is going to be your selection to put on to our weight room song of the week playlist I think, and you can discredit this right now, but I want to do two songs. One for the podcast that people can like listen to and be like, oh man, that, that sounds like a really great song. Um, that would have to be Tim McGraw's Indian Outlaw dance, dance remix, which I think you kind of saw that coming, maybe. That's that's the dance. That is the song that Ben Hall made his his famous debut on the Black Friday. The story we talked about earlier, Tim McGraw's Indian Outlaw, the, the dance mix, for sure. And, and then the second song, like I said, I got into house music, and probably one of the first songs I listened to, uh, "Levels" by Avicii. And if people Come back and tell me that's not a you can't get pumped up to that song you need to check your uh, pulse because i'm pretty sure a lot of people don't realize that that's what it's called but a lot of people have heard it and they love it and it's just one of those pump up songs that will always get people people going well for sure uh j- just for you ben hall because i do spend a majority of our conversations um you know, making jokes upon you or, you know, you try to work heel against me and I do it back. Um, Just for you, Ben Hall, I will put both Tim McGraw's Indian Outlaw Dance Mix and Levels by Avicii on the playlist. And I will play samples of these songs at the end of the show. So make sure you stick around, folks, to hear a little snippet of both of those songs. Ben Hall, the first ever, right, the first ever, uh, man to choose not one but two songs to put on our weight room song of the week playlist remember you could find that playlist on spotify uh just search iron dread podcast weight room song of the week and you'll find these two songs and every uh, other song that's been added to the list all right 
So, Ben Hall, uh, the next thing I got is, you know, EMS. Like, uh, what what got you into uh, emergency services? How did you start riding in an ambulance and chasing fire trucks? Well, um, I'm going to apologize right now if I start to get choked up a little bit, a little teary-eyed, because uh, it's a very... So it all started with, I've always looked up to my brother. Um, my brother is 18 and a half years older than me. So I was born and then he graduated high school three weeks later. Uh, same parents. The answer is yes, I was an oops baby. But um, I I always watched what i always watch what my brother did and i kind of always kind of followed in his footsteps a little bit um not so much with wrestling i tried that too i I wish i had stuck with that as well but um this is how i got in the ems uh he started working as an emt and uh riding fire trucks in i want to say 2000 2001 maybe and I kind of always looked up to him for that. But then in 2002, uh, September 13th, 2002, which, yes, Friday the 13th, um, I, it, it was a normal day for me, and I didn't even have, didn't think anything of it. I went and spent the night at my friend's house because um, my parents were going to a wedding that night, and I was... I thought, all right, fine. They just don't want me around tonight. Okay, cool. Um, come to find out, the following day on the 14th, I found out that my father had had a major stroke. Um, he was at work doing his environmental service stuff, and the he always had uh, coffee at 9 a.m. in the morning or 9.15 with a group of guys, and the only time people didn't go looking for you is if they knew that you were home or you're out, you weren't, or you weren't at work. Um, this was not the case that morning. Uh, my father was at work and they found him in the, they found him in the storage bay. Um, and he was unconscious, unresponsive. Uh, Kingston Fire was there, and so was Mobile Life. They picked him up. They rushed him to Kingston Hospital, or Benny. Now I'm trying to... They, they rushed him to the hospital. And come to find out, he was having a hemorrhagic stroke. Um, later, I found out through all my training and stuff like that, you can either have a hem hemorrhagic stroke, which is a bleed out, or an ischemic stroke, which means that there's a clot blocking. There's, but at the moment, there was no, but at the moment, there would be like no bleeding. But unfortunately, he, he had the worst of the two, um, which is a bleed out because they had, that means the vessel has busted and they got to go fix it. So he was, airlifted to Westchester Medical Center in Valhalla, New York, um, where he had, I want to say, probably close to 
between 20 to 40 staples put into the right side of his brain or right side of his head, not brain. And I had no idea what was happening. Whenever I got home Saturday, I thought that um, he was just out running errands or something like that. And then my mom and brother sat me down and said, hey, listen, um, your father had a major, major stroke. Uh, we're going to go see him today. And we're going to just let us know if you need anything else. Um, and just with like the poise that both my mom and my brother showed me that day kind of helped me kind of helped me to like lessen the blow of seeing my dad like that. Luckily, I didn't have to see my father unconscious, unresponsive at all, which my which they both did because they obviously went to the hospital before he was flown down to Westchester. Um, but so I went down and I and I and I saw that and between that and watching my brother do it and my mom has been a ch church secretary for 45 years plus um she doesn't really push it upon people but she's always that loving nurturing person and my father as well will always be there will always give you the shirt off his back and he would be the hardest worker possible um just like everything like i grew up with kind of helped me to want to pay it forward and that's where like my story has always come from is that no matter what i do i don't want to say i don't care about what i do but i don't i i want to i want to help like the next generation push forward in whatever i do whether it's in sports in life in healthcare but i just i want to i want to see the next generation get as many opportunities as i was afforded and to just keep on paying it forward and that's really the moral of the story um is that no matter how much i do i don't think i will ever be able to fully say i've paid back my debt because my father is still here with us today 18 18 years later and his only deficit really is being a little blind out of his left eye i know people who have suffered strokes so minor that i wouldn't have thought that anything of it and they're completely paralyzed or unfortunately they die and i'm like my dad had this huge stroke and like i said by the grace of god between the fire department the am the ambulance the hospital and the flight crew and then the other hospital like if everyone wasn't trained and wasn't to the top of their level he might not be here today so that's where i've always kind of felt my sense of duty come from and trying to pay it forward and just say like thank you and i can't tell you how many people have said thank you to me or have said hey i want to go into this because of what you did for my grandma or my dad or my brother or sister um 
but no matter how many of those I get, while they while they are while they are like feel nice stories and stuff like that, um, I I don't do it for them. I do it for myself because I want to make sure that they're treated the way that I would want my parents or my family member or my friends to be treated. So. Yeah, so I mean, it's you know, obviously there's a lot to unpack there with what you said, but basically, if I could, for me, if I could sum up what you said, you know, you you are in the field that you're in, volunteer and professional, to give back to the people of your community, to provide a service and provide care to people that when they're in their most vulnerable and their most uh, time of need, when they have some sort of medical emergency, Uh, and and to me, that that's that's part of the reason why you're on this show, not just because you're my friend, because you're someone that does that. You're someone that is of service to others. And if you know, and I always look at when I think about guests for this show, I think about like, all right, if my students were listening to this show, could they take something positive? And I mentioned it a little bit before. Could they take something positive from this? Could they? Uh, get a good uh, example of somebody or get a good story from somebody on life or, or anything well and that is the that is the the story of ben hall is is a man that is always trying to help others in in any way he can whether it be through medical responding to a call uh and providing care to somebody in the hospital being a, a volunteer in a, a church group or in the Kiwanis Club, you are a man of service to your fellow man and your community. And that, that's that's why you're here. And hopefully somebody listens to this and maybe they're inspired to to join, you know, their local, you know, fire department or ambulance squad. Um, or maybe they, they listen to this and they said, oh, maybe, maybe, you know, I really would like to be a nurse and work in the medical field because of what you said. I want to be able to give care to other people like I would want it for my family or if it was me or my family member or my friend laying in that bed or in that situation, I want to give them care uh, and help them um, when they're in the, you know, a, a vulnerable state. So, and all that, uh, that is why you're here. And it's good. Um, with this, um, you got any? You got any good stories? Obviously, that was kind of deep. So now we're gonna we're gonna try to lighten the mood a little bit here. All right. <laughs> um, you got have any uh have any comical stories from your time in uh, EMS or the fire service? Oh man. Um. Well, there's two stories I remember. Um, in which one's comical. And one is like, whoa, that's really cool. Um, first one I did was I was a set medic for a movie here in Kingston. And I I forget what movie it was for, but they needed us on they needed us physically there along with the fire department because they were doing a stunt where they were gonna set a man on fire. And to watch that unfold, not going to lie, I've seen people 
unfortunately burned before in real life and not just like in movies and stuff like that so like seeing that seeing like how they um seeing that done was like whoa and unfortunately it was like two o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the morning and i was just like i was so out of it i was like man i just want to go home to bed go home to bed because like they brought us in here and we all thought they were going to do the scene in the very beginning of the night but come to find out they were waiting till the very end of the night which makes sense it really does make sense to save like something like that for the very end um but that 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 was always one of the cool things um another thing i was able to do and i think you'll enjoy this one chris um I think it was in 2018. I was on standby again for I want to say they're called micro wrestlers. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you're, you're chuckling because you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, they were. Um, it was short people wrestling, and. Like we both know, it does not matter how, what your size is, you can always put on a good match, and they really did. They put on a they put on a a really good show, and it was very entertaining to watch. Yes, we're both professional wrestling fans. Yes, we know it's scripted, but you know, they yes they know the ending to it but you don't know how you're going to get to the end. And that's why you watch it to see if they can pull you in. And it it was, it was really funny to, at the very end of the night, um, as a thank you they did for us, um, my partner and I were able to get a picture with all of them. So uh, here's me six foot two surrounded by people that are not more than like just over four feet tall. <laughs> And just like one, I think was only like three six. Wow! So I'm 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 just like I'm like wow! Holy moly! <laughs> Did they let you get in the ring and bump around a little bit? I wish, I wish, man. That <laughs> that would have been that probably would have made my night. <laughs> because that's... as you know, I'm always the one that's always looking out for the future, and I'm more than willing to lay down myself for the product to get something <laughs> over. Yeah. You would you would have did the job for one of those guys half your height. Yeah. Just if that meant you could get in the ring. <laughs> yeah, I totally would have. Um I I guess like not so much on the uh I this this has always been cool. Like going out and going to the doing stuff for the kids like I said in the beginning, but uh, more more along the lines for, like, medical services, because I know how scary it is for adults to go to the hospital. For kids to go to the hospital, it could be even scarier. So um, the nice thing that Kingston Hospital has done over the past few years, they put on something called a teddy bear clinic, and where they would get to go through the process of seeing what it's like from the beginning to the end 
Um, and they get a little stuffed bear. And um, I I have one of them, and I I keep it. I, I keep it in my bag because I just love it. It's it's squishy and um but they get to see the inside of an ambulance and then they go through like once the once the EMTs and paramedics drop them off, then they go through that then they go throughout the hospital, they see like uh what happens with their teddy bear and their teddy bear gets a quote unquote x-ray and then their teddy bear gets um packaged they get packaged up but like just seeing like those kids faces and smiles is awesome and just like getting to getting to be that person that's like it's gonna be okay if you're ever in this kind of situation just relax we're we're here to help and we're gonna try to make we're gonna try to make you laugh as much as possible so that's that's definitely something I like to do as well. Yeah, for sure, getting getting out there and and helping uh, helping a kid to understand, you know, a little bit of what goes into uh, taking care of them um, in the event of an emergency. Um, so Ben Hall, uh, you got anything exciting coming up in the in the near future for you, either professionally or personally? Uh, right now, because of COVID, everything's in a holding pattern not really doing much of anything but um i'm just looking to expand my medical horizon even more as a nurse and just get more comfortable and stuff like that because uh something funny one of the books that i had i had to read and write a report on for nursing school has been a book i've gone back to reading during my first year as a nurse and it was all about um trials and tribulations of your first year as a nurse like your first night alone the first time you make an error the first time your patient dies on you even if you do everything correct the first time you get yelled at by a patient like just like certain things like a five-year pro as a or like five five years as a nurse you've seen a lot of stuff now granted you still have a whole host of other things to see and that's something in the medical field especially you're always going to be learning the minute the day you stop learning is the day you stop being good because then that then you're going to get stale and you're not going to do anything but just i've been a nurse now actively for eight months because it took me about four months to pass my my boards between failing it the first time and then just how the time frame of starting at the hospital was. But um, just really, like I said, expanding my professional horizon just to keep on learning about everything that I can do and just, just trying to be there for people. Um, it's actually funny. I, uh, a patient that I had about a month ago did a very nice uh, write-up and sent it to the hospital. Like, she put some effort into this one. And she remembered four people's names that she saw uh, throughout her hospital stay that she mentioned in the letter. And two of them were doctors. 
one was the ed nurse and the other one was me and a lot of people on my floor um i've been there for a little while and they'll 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 get one here they'll get one there to where like patients just write up a little nice blurb and stuff like that but not to the extent of where a letter is written and sent to a hospital saying kudos to every saying kudos to the entire staff and um that that made that made me really proud to know that um because a, a lot of things that we do in the medical profession um a, a lot of things like a, a lot of people don't say and I, I and i said this before and i don't do it for the thanks but kind of just being appreciative of like what we do and stuff definitely helps to motivate us to keep doing keep going especially during this time because like i said in the very beginning there's definitely caregiver fatigue going on right now because like now we're in round two or round three depending on how you really want to look at it and we're just there's really no end in sight right now for us so just having those people say thank you just mo just motivates us just a little bit more just once um and it helps to keep the fire going i also had a patient uh, a couple weeks ago very very funny uh young man uh granted old older than me but uh said to me hey i, I know i can't really i know it's frowned upon but i know i can't give you money or gifts or something like that but I would like to buy you a beer. I'm like, well, if you if we ever randomly run into each other, I'm not. I'm just gonna turn the other way, and not realize who it's coming from. <laughs> yeah, because cool. Yeah, just just like simple things like that, like knowing that these patients, like they they see us working, and in turn, they're grateful for what we're doing. Which I know people are always grateful for the healthcare professionals. But there, there are some out there that do kind of treat us as hospitality workers, which you're not supposed to treat hospitality workers um, mean anyway. Mm -hmm. But that that's a whole nother discussion. Oh, for sure. And you know, you said that, like you don't you don't do these things for the you know admiration back, but it is it is cool uh, when somebody does appreciate your work and, and says you know it, and especially if you don't expect it like when mm -hmm. you have somebody that that writes that letter or makes those comments or whatever and you know for you you're just you're just doing business as usual you treat everybody the same you provide the same level of care for everybody and when somebody recognizes that and reciprocates that you know back to you with some kind words or something like that it's it is cool you you know you, you should you should feel proud that that people do that so ben hall uh i think we're we're getting close to the end of our time here i don't want to take up too much more of your time um you, you gotta you gotta work overnight tonight or you're you're off well, all i'm off until wednesday right now until now now just for our listeners that don't know oh, what, yeah. what, what time do you go what time do you work when you're at the hospital the last thing before we talk about social media and take this thing in for a landing uh I usually, so I work overnights, uh, three shifts is, three nights is technically considered full-time. Um, so 
we're scheduled uh, 7 p to 7 30 a but I'm usually there like until eight nine o'clock maybe just because like um a line that maybe you said to me I, I forget who said this line to me but um you run through the finish line not to it and I'm always still trying to do every last little thing I can for my patients like I said before I try to treat every single one of my patients like they are a family member and I want them to be as comfortable as possible so I'll try to do as many little things plus I try to set up the day team because I know how busy it is during the day with a lighter load sometimes that doesn't happen but as long as I can leave there feeling good about what I did that's all that really matters absolutely absolutely um so ben the last thing i got i got for you is you know do you have any public social media pages if somebody wants to say hey ben that was a great job you did on a podcast you have any public social media out there uh yeah i got uh i got twitter i got instagram what else do i have um yeah and i also have facebook just my normal name under you can find me under Chris's friends and then Twitter and Instagram. They're the, they they are the same. They are Big Ben the Bus. All one word. That's a uh, nickname I got back in eleventh grade for wearing a Jerome Bettis jersey and always being called Big Ben. So, a lot of people think that I'm a Steelers fan, which I'm not a Steelers hater. I'll throw I'll throw that one out there, but uh. The Steelers are definitely not my favorite team, right, Chris? <laughs> what, what 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 city does your team even play in anymore? Jeez. Well, right now they're playing in Las Vegas, so <laughs> we will uh, we'll just leave that one. We'll just leave it at that, and we'll just say uh, the tanking for Trevor is still going on, right? Mm, yeah, we'll we'll see. I don't I don't know if I don't know if the New York Jets can be saved by Trevor Lawrence, but. Uh, ben Hall, Ben Hall, uh, uh, formal, formerly the Oakland, now Las Vegas Raiders uh, fan in the NFL. Ben Hall, we could we could talk for hours. Uh, it was great catching up with you. I, I hope people enjoyed hearing your story. Uh, if you want to keep up with Ben Hall or let him know that you enjoyed the episode of the podcast, hit him up at Big Ben the Bus on Twitter uh, or Instagram. Uh, you can also search him out on Facebook. Uh, there might be more than one Benjamin Hall or Ben Hall. So I would try to, I would get at him at his uh, Twitter and Instagram handle. Ben, thank you. This has been a great episode. We'll talk again soon. Absolutely, Chris. Hey, thank you very much. And like you said, if people want to reach out, I'm more than willing to talk. Um, just, uh, just try to keep things pos- positive and uh, especially this time of the year. Um, I, I know, like we said in the beginning, every, everyone's just fatigued and whatnot, but we, we can't stop now. We're too far into it. So let's just keep going and enjoy the holidays and Merry Christmas. Absolutely. So there you have it, folks. Thanks again to Ben Hall for stopping in and being our special guest this week for episode 51.
Uh, we're going to take a brief break for a word from our sponsors, and we'll be back with not one, but two songs selected by Ben Hall for this week's Weight Room Song of the Week playlist, presented as always by our official music sponsor, Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction. Hey everyone, this is Gina Hensley, Michigan State Chair of USA Powerlifting and owner of Kyoso Powerlifting. You are listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. The Iron Dread Podcast is brought to you in part by Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction, available for all your DJ and line dance needs. Please visit crankitupdjdancing.com for booking information. So crank it up! This is Ryan Nakarado, founder of Hudson Valley Ambition, and you are listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. You know what that sound means. It's time for this week's Weight Room Song of the Week, presented to you, as always, by our official music sponsor, Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction. Visit crankitupdjdancing.com for booking and availability information. So, this week's special guest, Mr. Ben Hall, selected not one, but two songs for this week's Weight Room Song of the Week. You can find these two songs and every song that has been added to the Weight Room Song of the Week playlist on our Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week playlist on Spotify. You can find a link to that in the show notes or go into Spotify and search Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week. So the two songs selected by Mr. Ben Hall this week are Levels by Avicii and a song that is synonymous with the legend of Ben Hall, Tim McGraw. Indian Outlaw, The Dance Mix, coming to you for this week's Weight Room Songs of the Week. Crank it up.
That was Levels from Avicii, the first of two songs chosen by our special guest this week, Mr. Ben Hall. Now, let's get to the true legend of Ben Hall and Indian Outlaw, the dance mix, Tim McGraw. I'm an Indian outlaw, half Cherokee and Choctaw. My baby, she's a Chippewa, she's a one of a kind. All my friends call me Bear Claw. The village chicken is my pawpaw. He gets his orders from my mama, she makes him walk the line. You can find me in my wigwam. I'll be beating on my tom tom. Pull out the pipe and smoke your song. Hey, and pass it around. Cause I'm an Indian outlaw. Cherokee and Choctaw, my baby, she's a Chippewa, she's a one of a kind. Ah, yeah, there you have it. Ben Hall selections for this week's Weight Room Song of the Week playlist. Uh, remember, you can find those playlists, those songs, I'm sorry, on our Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week playlist. Check it out on Spotify and in the show notes. Folks, uh, that's really all we have this week for a great episode, episode number 51 of the Iron Dread Podcast. Next week, next Wednesday, episode 52 has a huge guest on the show. Episode 52 with Mr. Nate Harvey of Elite FTS, former strength coach for Olympic sports at the University of Buffalo in Buffalo, New York. Nate stops in. And we talk all kinds of training, learn a little bit more about them. Next week will be a great episode. So make sure you tune in next week here on the Iron Dread Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And of course, follow us on social media at Iron Dread Pod. You can follow me at Coach underscore Whitaker at Coach underscore Whitaker 66 on Instagram and Twitter. Folks. Until next time, remember, strength is never a weakness. Tough people always win. Around here, we're becoming dread stronger. We'll see you next week for episode 52.